Are we in? Hold on, I'm... I'm... Well, yeah, we are in now, yes. <laughs> and you know... I had to finish a text. I should have thought of this before we started. But I was going to ask you what we should talk about. Well, that kind of defeats the purpose of our, our brand here, doesn't it? I mean, the whole... Yeah. Our whole thing yeah. uh, that we, 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 we talk for 40 to 45 minutes yes. based off of no previous discussion at all as to the topic of the day. The watchword is zero prep. <laughs> we just don't do that. There's no script, no... Uh, there's just no script. I mean, there's there's no rules, necessarily. I, That's what I'm thinking. Well, you're Lots. right. There are no rules, but I think <laughs> it could be said to be cheating. <gasps> had we prepared something. Yeah, that's fair. You know. I feel like we've tried a couple times to come in with topics <laughs> and it just never never pans never, out the way that we're no, thinking. No, it goes in other directions. I mean, it isn't controllable. Ooh. I guess you could say. All right. But, we're we're an uncontrollable force. And I uh, you know, my <laughs> personal feeling about that is that it does it, it gives it this tension, this edge of the seat kind of power like nobody uh, knows. Is everybody as riveted <laughs> as we are for Inherently Human, episode 35? That is the episode <laughs> that we are on now. 35, Inherently Human. My name is Jim Newman. I'm Aiden DeBoard. And uh, how old are you, Aiden? Well, it's funny that you ask that. Yeah. Uh, Jim, I am 21 years old. Yes. And why do you ask that? Well, I ask that because I'm 73 and it is clear to me <laughs> that there's actually a substantial gap in our ages. And yet the curious reality is that it doesn't seem to hinder the conversation at all. It's remarkable how we're able to bridge the generational gap uh and really, not to toot our own horn here, but come up with some quality entertainment podcast, I would yeah, personally say so I mean, myself. I think it's fair to say we're, we're at least thoughtful. I mean, okay. one yeah. thing that you and I do, I think it's fair to say, is we actually listen to each other. And I've been telling people that this podcast has helped me in other ways because I notice in any conversation now mm -hmm. I I believe I listen better because I know that I respond more quickly and I think more cogently generally now when I talk to people Co cogently cogently meaning on topic and to the point <laughs> you know uh it's funny that you say that because i actually have been noticing uh that myself that uh since we've started doing this podcast my responses to people and my ability to listen has increased dramatically um and so to 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 hear that even you are oh, experiencing man. this yes yeah oh it's so good so good so i guess would you say um, that if somebody uh, out there listening, or anybody for that matter, uh, wanted to 
further their conversational skills, you know, develop them a little bit. Yeah. Do they need a podcast? Well, that is a great question. And I think in the broadest sense, yeah. <laughs> they do need a podcast. I think everybody should have a podcast. Well, and people that I know, I mean, uh, I'll bet you anything that this has happened to you where um, when you're in a good conversation with someone, it crosses your mind that, yeah, this is just like a podcast. Because we're exchanging information, and we're really in the flow of the moment, and it's exciting. I'm really interested in hearing what the other person says. Mm -hmm. Has that happened to you? I mean, when you're just out in the world. Maybe not. I, I mean, I know that it has happened to me. I was getting a massage, and the, <laughs> the, the woman that was providing that to me just was one of the most verbal people that I've run into in a long time. And During a massage? Yeah, she would just what? talk. It, it was kind of um, an unusual massage in this sense. Yeah. She didn't have me take off my shirt and pants and lie under a towel. It wasn't like that. Mm -hmm. She knows what she's doing, and she said, I can work with your shirt on. I wore a t-shirt and she was just working very specific parts of my neck and my back to try to get me to loosen up mm -hmm. and while she was doing that we were having this great conversation I mean I don't even remember if there was kind of ethereal music playing you know I don't know if you've ever had a massage where they <laughs> have the incense oh, and that's a yeah, very the whole nine yards. magical yep. thing <clears throat> where of course you wouldn't have a conversation like that but that was not what we were doing i like this woman a lot it, it sounds like it, it not only can they give a wondrous massage but have a fantastic conversation while doing it that's multitasking <laughs> i end. know <laughs> that's unusual and um you know i i don't go to her regularly but it was something that i did because uh when i was taking acting lessons um well, the acting teacher that I had is very honest, and he just said, I'm too tight. Too, too tight. Well, my muscle's too tight. I'm too stiff, somehow. So, mm. yeah. I mean, it would take an acting teacher to well, see who God is, bless is him. stiff. I mean, that kind of thing. I think uh, there's another thing. Yeah. Besides a podcast. Oh? Yeah, I'm trying to help people here. Yeah. Okay. You, the, you know that. <laughs> this is the the help hotline, uh, inherently helpful uh, yes. episode thirty five. Or <laughs> we'll be happy to give you advice. Oh yeah, but, call us. Call in. <laughs> in addition to a podcast, uh -huh. everybody should take acting lessons. Okay. Because it's about communication, and it's about how your set, your specific set of tools, mm -hmm. your communication tools, come into play when you talk to people. And everybody could benefit from buffing theirs up a little bit, whether it's enunciation or projecting your voice or relaxing. So are you saying for acting classes in relation to communication? Yeah. Uh, are Is it is it? 
it's helping obviously someone's voice and how they use it, how they project it. That's um, part of it. Yes, that that's is. part okay. of it. Yes. But it's more than that, too. Okay. Yeah. Because um, body language. Oh. Let's say yeah. that I am unusually stiff, that my muscles are tight. Look, I've had lots of surgeries. That doesn't surprise me, actually. And so this acting teacher, Michael, and I love him because he was honest. He just said, you know, you really are. You're stiff. Your movements are stiff. You need to loosen up. Well, if a person is tight and that person is in a conversation, then that can be interpreted as uh-huh. a, a lack of spontaneity mm. by the person with whom he's conversing on something, you know? You so, can almost sense the, the tension yes, within that person. Yeah. Absolutely. And so... The knowledge that my affect mm-hmm. could be affected by um, muscular tension is good to know because I can work on that and I can become um, a, a better communicator, a more charismatic human being. Yeah. See? Would Could it be argued that the reason there's so much stiffness coming from these acting classes is because you have to memorize uh, both stage position oh, yeah. and the lines yeah. as opposed to something like what we're doing right now where it's very free flow. Yes. And if you if you tighten and stiffen up, the flow of the conversation just won't be as fluid if you right. will <laughs> that well i got taken down a bunch of notches mm-hmm. in acting classes because you know i was in radio and i was in tv and i read scripts so i know something about phrasing when uh, i'm reading someone else's words or my own words from a script mm-hmm. so i thought oh man i'm golden on this i don't really have to worry about it but when you're trying to mimic uh, a human being who's never said those words before and not reading a commercial mm-hmm. about Coca-Cola or something, then spontaneity is everything. Or the it has to be the illusion, not real spontaneity, I guess. I don't know. I've seen performances where... It is impossible to believe that this is a script and these words were written down prior to the camera rolling and these people talking. I I really like the HBO series Succession. Succession. Yeah. What What's that about? I've and, never heard of it. Okay. It's about a family not unlike Rupert Murdoch's family who own mm. just the 
biggest media empire okay. you'd ever want to imagine. And the old man is uh-huh. just a devil, and he's devious and smart, and nobody trusts him. But he's so powerful that they could never overthrow him, and they're afraid of this old man. He's played by Brian Cox, and Brian Cox does a great job. One of his sons, and unfortunately, I don't know the name of the actor, but he is in a scene in the last episode where he's talking to his sister, another offspring of the Brian Cox character, and he breaks down and he starts crying. And he says, will you protect me? And the beauty of the scene is they're kind of enemies, but at that moment, he becomes so vulnerable that he can't hold in his own emotion. And so that scene is shocking because these two characters, this brother and sister, the offspring of this insanely wealthy family, are suddenly so intimate and connected uh, that it seems real. It doesn't seem like it's a movie at all. So imagine those actors doing that. I mean, that's beauty. That's See, and that's what's really impressive. Uh, when people are able to just really pinpoint, <clears throat> pinpoint those human emotions that yeah. I feel like a lot of us have a very hard time visualizing or kind of connecting to. Um, and so when it's, when it's so viscerally out there, when it's so well put and so well acted, you just can't help but feel for these characters and how vulnerable they are in that moment. Um, and man, I wish I could, I wish I could get to that kind of level. Well, man, I mean, the cool thing about you being 21 is that you just have this whole future ahead of you where you can go in any number of directions. And uh, you have an inclination towards acting and performance. That seems clear from this podcast. So it would be a potential way for you to move forward. And, you know... The talent that those two actors in the scene I described showed is um, a series of abilities that anyone could employ, I think. Mm -hmm. Because what if I'm really sad in some situation and I'm with people I trust? Can I loosen up? Can I touch them by displaying my emotions as clearly as these actors did in this scene i don't think so at least not most of the time yeah see that's that's kind of what i'm getting at a little bit because in real life i can't even show those emotions Mm -hmm. yeah that's what i'm saying yeah yeah so i mean like for someone to either understand it or act it well enough for us to feel something towards that yet not being able even in real life in all true reality not be able to express that on our own yeah what what does that imply what does that mean for us as people for you know you and i what 
how come other people can act it so well and we can't even well, physically feel it? I uh, have a good friend whose son mm-hmm. got a master's degree in drama from uh, UC Irvine, University of California, Irvine. And I know that in getting the masters in that two-year program, they really emphasize physicality. I mean, learning your body and and learning how to react in a relaxed way to whatever's going on. I mean, the more tense you are, the Mm -hmm. more limited an individual is in terms of, well, I mean, range of motion of the body, but also... Uh, expressions on your face. You look stiff. You don't look like you really are listening to me or you're not responding. You, your face is a mask, you know, that kind of thing. I mean, breaking through that is what an actor is trying to do, and yeah. that person spends his or her life um, achieving those magical moments where everything that happens on camera or on the stage seems real but you and i and almost everyone i mean uh how many times does a parent say to their kids stop crying or you know you behave and you shut up or whatever it is they say the the idea of discipline and uh keeping one's emotions to oneself so that Mm. you are not whining or something. I think we all learn, we all are socialized to not make waves, to just go along a lot of the time. Yeah. Don't be a problem to everyone else. Certainly in the work environment, that's true. Mm. I mean, if I, under a pressure situation... When I was working in newsrooms, I mean, the last thing they wanted to see is me tear up. Someone break something. down. and Yeah, someone yeah. breaking down is uh, a nightmare. <clears throat> so we all learn to put on a facade. We all have a game face. And it's sometimes a prison, that face. You know? <laughs> so essentially, we're all... We're all acting like we're okay. We're all acting outside of the emotions. Yeah. And actors are the only ones who have been breaking the acting act. Wow, you are so good with irony, man. That's, yeah. We're (laughs) the ones. I mean, hell, you said it. We're the ones that are (laughs) acting. Ooh. Because we hide our emotions and the actors quote unquote learn to display them and tap into them and really it is a case i think of tapping in to one's own subset of feelings like i know that i'm able to cry because i've done it and i actually sometimes when i talk on certain subjects start crying when I don't want to. So I think if I really discipline myself mm-hmm. and really have my technique down, I'm guessing I could do what that actor on the HBO series Succession achieved, which 
crying out command. My God, he's his voice is so shaky, and he is so vulnerable and needy in that moment. It's just like it made my eyes sting to watch it. That good. Wow, that's maybe I need to check this show out just so I can understand human emotion. Well, (laughs) you know, I don't know. That kind of performance maybe you could find it other places, I'm sure. Oh, I'm certain it's on YouTube somewhere. Everything is. Well, and I mean, you are starting uh, your last year of undergrad, right, at Portland State. So, Uh um, but your focus is not drama now, anyway. So... Uh, my my whole life is drama, um, <laughs> <laughs> but right now uh, I'm in some cahoots with the American Red Cross, uh, just because they have a position for CPR instructor, and that's something that I've been doing for a while. CPR, and mm-hmm. and that is cardiopulmonary resuscitation, right? CPR. I, yeah, actually, okay. that is. Okay, cool. <laughs> Congratulations. And you're an ex- you know how to do that. You know how to bring a person back after a near-drowning incident or something. Uh, well, you know at least yeah, the I, techniques, right? Yeah, so one thing that a lot of people uh, think CPR does that it actually doesn't um, is resuscitate people. Oh yeah, so I you you see this in the movies a lot. Well, right, they're pounding on the guy's chest. Yeah, you know? yeah. Chad, we gotta bring him back. Do it again. Do it again. It's very tense, dramatic moment, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's not. <laughs> so <laughs> do. no. Uh, so with CPR, I mean, all you're doing is pumping someone's heart for them. Okay. Uh, and so. You're snapping bones in the chest. You're snapping Mm. ribs uh, in order to push, literally just push on the heart and beat it for this person. To get that so the blood continues to circulate through Mm -hmm. the brain. Exactly. Which is the key element, of course. Yep. And quality of life. (laughs) And so as you're pumping blood through the system, you'll give your breaths. Uh, so that puts at least a little bit of oxygen back into the system. Mm. Um, and so you're doing all this. And then maybe, perchance, uh, hopefully you have an AED on hand, which is an automatic external defibrillator. Um and that gives that's a device that gives a huge electric shock mm-hmm. to the person's body and yep. what does it do it it resets the electrical system in the human body or how does it work so from my understanding uh an an AED which is the the smaller kind of defibrillator because there are the AEDs, which are just the two small little pads and a box. You'll see them everywhere. Uh, they should be in all restaurants and shops. There should be at least an AED within X amount of feet. Um, really? Mm-hmm. God. Yeah? Mm-hmm. I think in every grocery store there's an AED somewhere. Damn. Yeah. And someone there 
in theory anyway, knows how to use it, I mm-hmm. guess. Wow. In the rec center. Uh, the recreation center at Portland State. Yep, that's the one. Yeah. Uh, there is one on every floor. Ah. Mm-hmm. And, and then there's the defibrillators that hospitals have. Which is that huge electrical box that has mm. the paddles that they rub together and go clear and pop. Bam. <laughs> oh, and that's a lot more powerful. Yeah. Huh? That will actually burn a person. Oh, dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if, I think if you do it more than, I want to say like twice, you start getting some pretty serious burns on your skin. Oh, man. Yeah. Um, Better than dying, obviously. Yeah, fair enough. Um, so, a uh, little fun, fun, quick little factoid. Uh, so, question. Are you more likely to survive a heart attack in a hospital or on the streets of Vegas? <laughs> oh, this, I know... It's a trick question, and the (laughs) obvious answer is, well, you're more likely to survive in a hospital, so I'm going to say that in a hospital, even though I know, because it's a trick question, that you are more likely to survive on the streets of Vegas for reasons that I don't know, but you'll probably tell me. Yeah, (laughs) so... Most hospitals usually only have like one or two defibrillators throughout the entire building. Oh, okay. And so if someone is going into some form of cardiac arrest and yeah. needs it, uh, it might take too long from point A to point B. However, on the streets <laughs> of so on the streets of Vegas, yeah. inside every single casino, there is at minimum one AED or more. Oh. And so because there's a casino every 15 feet, <laughs> there are AEDs aplenty. Plus, with so many people around, one of them is bound to be sober enough to do <laughs> well, CPR. And you actually know all this. How long did it take you to, to learn this device and how to use it? The AED? Yeah. You can learn it in an hour. Really? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a simple set of instructions on the box. Yeah, actually. Uh, so if the so <laughs> <laughs> this is why the American Red Cross should hire me. Um, Listen up, American Red Cross. <laughs> so an AED is uh, meant for essentially anybody to use, and so while CPR and the such uh, is a technical. Uh, certification so long as there's one person with a certification uh, doing CPR and someone else is operating the AED perfectly fine so for example I'm CPR certified but Jim you're not you're not no so what could happen is I could be performing CPR on a victim and I could ask Jim to go get an AED and then he can apply the AED and use it while I'm performing CPR. All right. So you would be pounding on the guy's chest. You mm-hmm. have no electrical device. Mm-mm. But this, what is it? The AED is an 
is it the acronym for automatic defibrillator? Yeah, or? automatic external defibrillator. Oh, okay, yeah. so there's an E in there yep. too. AED. Mm-hmm. It's a little device. How expensive are they? If you really wanted to be a hero, you could carry one around, right? I mean, or are they sort of bulky? I don't know. They're they're about the size of a lunchbox. Okay. Um, you keep one in the car. Yeah. I mean, you could. You absolutely could. They're they're limited use though. So yeah. Um, when whenever EMS arrives on scene, most if not every time, they will take the AED with the victim. Okay. So and the EMS emergency medical services. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, uh. What am I thinking here? Okay, so in a medical situation, uh, so if you bought an AED, right? If you decided to buy one I'm gonna and be carry a hero. one around, yeah. I'm spending like a thousand plus. I yep. got the latest model. It's really cool. Mm-hmm. Now I'm looking for people to use it on. <laughs> and hypothetically, you do use it, you yeah. are using it, you will lose it to EMS. Oh, they really? Mm-hmm. They'll take it? They'll take it. Because Man. they don't want to remove the AED because that's a vital function of CPR. Um, CPR in general, uh, I think every minute that uh, CPR is not done, and or CPR and AED is not done, uh, the victim loses 10% of chance to live. What about cognitive ability? I mean, w- how many minutes of a failed heart and a lack of circulation to the brain does the average adult... Start losing. Uh, yeah, how much time does that person have to get that heart beating without losing some uh, fragment of cognitive ability do you know i mean you definitely whatever is true you're working against time for sure yeah uh i had to i had to lean i'm leaning back in the chair (laughs) i see that you are (laughs) away from the mic trying to trying to rack my brain okay uh well it isn't it's certainly not a very long time. It, it's it's not. No, I think like seven minutes is like maximum. That's it. After mm. that, <clears throat> there is a flat line when they connect the electrodes to the person's head and measure brain waves. I I I would believe so. It's been a while since I've yeah. been within the Red Cross system of teaching. But but you are actually up for a job like that, or mm-hmm. are you are considering working with the Red Cross now? Yeah. in getting back that into it capacity. What would they do with you if you did get that job? Would you just hang around a Red Cross office until there was an emergency, or would you no, be out in no. a car? What would happen? So I would just be an instructor. Oh, okay. And so I wouldn't. I realistically I could. Uh, perform CPR, AD, whatever, on anybody who needs it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would instead be the person in the Red Cross shirt 
coming to your boring Thursday uh, nine to five. Oh, and yes. Because corporate uh, says that everybody has to have a mandatory CPR. HR, yeah. HR decreed that mm-hmm. everybody in unit sales must meet in the lunchroom at uh, 1230 yep. for a half hour to go over yeah. safety. So that's that's essentially that's what you. I would do. Yeah. Okay, you'd be that guy. I would be that guy indeed. Man. But... Um, one thing that I did forget to mention about the AED mm-hmm. and which is why, uh, anybody can use an AED. And I really want to, I want to stress that a lot, um, that an AED, uh, can be used by anybody. So if you are in a situation, but you don't feel like you are qualified, just know you are in fact qualified. Uh, all it takes is basic brain function. Well, uh, but let's go in a little deeper. Describe an AED, and again, mm-hmm. that is automatic, automatic ex- electrical e- external. E- okay, automatic external defibrillator. Correct. Okay, automatic external defibrillator. Mm-hmm. And it's about as big as a lunchbox. Yep. Okay, you open up the box. What's in there, and how do you deploy it? So, uh, in your typical AED, uh, you will open the bag box, whatever. Okay. Yeah. It's there. You. It's usually in a bag, uh, or like a, like a. Carrying cloth. case. Carrying case. Thank you. I appreciate I'm, I'm, I try to help <laughs> I, when I can. Man, maybe you should take the job. Um, <laughs> so it's in a carrying case, and in that carrying case, there will be a variety of tools. Um, uh, most notably in there, there should be a pair of scissors uh, to cut open shirts. Oh, or shirt or blouse mm-hmm, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, because the, the pads that are on it must go on direct contact with skin. Mm-hmm. Um Sometimes uh, there will be a razor, like a shaving razor. Oh, in those hairy-chested mm-hmm. guy, maybe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh. Uh. And so you open it up, and if you don't need those things, fantastic. Dry the person off if they're wet. That's going to be the most important thing. Make sure that you, as the rescuer, are not standing in any water. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So that that's kind of like one of the things with lifeguards. That's that it's kind of a... key. Whew. So... Yeah, right. Stay out of standing water. I mean, in the excitement of the moment, you yeah. could really see, forget... What would happen if a person forgot that step? And they were trying to save someone's life with an AED. In water. But they're in water. Would they die? Uh, no. They'd just get a horrible shock. Yeah, they'd get a pretty nasty shock. Yow. Okay. Um, So anyway, this person, is there gel that you put on pads? Nope. Uh, Little electrodes? No, not that. So, no. I'm sorry, go ahead. So, you're you're right. That's what they do with the big ones in hospitals. Okay. Um, but with the AEDs, these yeah. little ones, the the little pads that will come out of the box, you pull them apart, and they have an adhesive. Um, so they're essentially like stickers. You just slap that on the person's chest. Mm-hmm. Okay. But 
and th- and this is where uh, my reasoning for saying that anybody can do this. So on the pads, two pads. There's two. Yeah. Okay. Um, on the pads, it has a diagram of a person oh, and exactly okay. how you're supposed to put the pad on. Nice. That's great. Mm-hmm. So on each one, it has a different diagram as to where it needs to go. Yeah. Um, one will go up on top of the shoulder. One will go uh, kind of abdomen to Maybe the side. below the rib cage somehow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And all that you're really trying to do is get a clear diagonal line path through the heart. Man. Mm-hmm. And so during all of this, the AED is talking to you. Uh, you mean there's an audio component mm-hmm. of instruction? Uh, I guess there's a, a box that is going to deliver the electricity, but there's also a speaker yep. on this little device. So as soon as you turn it on, it starts talking to you yeah. about what you need to do. So That's amazing. Yeah. Wow, they're God, I had incredible. no idea about Incredible. Yeah. So something that will, it'll also do... So you open it up, and it says, please place pads correctly on victim's chest. And it'll just kind of repeat that until you put the pads on. And then it notices that the pads are placed, and it changes the dialogue. You know, the tone sounds a little bit like the uh, automatic checkout at Fred Meyers. I think they use the same AI put voice actor. Put item <laughs> on the whatever. Put it in the bag unexpected item in bagging area <laughs> fuck off it's not Shut up. <laughs> it's supposed yeah. to be there and then you take it off is, and it i says, hate that i hate that and it says put item back on bagging area and it's like, you told you're me nothing to me you're a robot <laughs> you can't even think and you're telling me what to do <laughs> Shut up! Can you save a life bagging no, area? No, of course not. So <laughs> okay, my life so it's in the beer. Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, well, okay. Um. So instructing. So it's telling you the entire time, uh, exactly what you need to do, um, and then it says, "All right, nobody touch the patient. Everybody stay clear of patient." And. You know, as a as a rescuer, they'll say clear everyone, don't touch the patient, and it'll say stay clear of patient, analyzing heart rhythm, and then at that point it will identify whether or not the victim needs a shock, an impulse, mm-hmm. an electrical impulse sent through his body or her body. Mm-hmm. Wow, and so it'll say, for example, if it realizes that it the victim needs a shock it'll go uh stay clear of patient shock advised press the orange flashing button man and you press the orange flashing button it'll go shock delivered continue cpr and it'll say something about ems and then like it'll walk you through pretty much the whole thing uh continue cpr for two minutes and then you continue doing CPR. It, it, it's got a whole, or yeah, a whole thing where it's like uh, it'll sh- shock again in X amount of time. And it'll, it'll talk you through the entire thing that you need to do. You know, what's amazing uh, about this is life 
today in civilization can seem really dark and unhappy and there are all kinds of competing components and too much commercialism but in this one little way that I had no idea existed mm. you've got a real sense of community because every store or many of them have this device on hand that is as automated as it possibly can be that could save a person's life hmm. wow. I think it's I think it's a law that most places need to have it man yeah but uh if you think that's wild who buddy so there was a recent invention i believe uh it circled around the red cross community for a while um but essentially what it was was a uh not a sleeve but a how to describe this okay so it's this pad right You have this pad on the ground. You place the victim onto the pad. You wrap the victim in In this pad. pad, Okay. And it will automatically do CPR. Oh, it'll contract Uh every so many seconds rhythmically. Yep. Mimicking, I guess, um, the... Pumping of a heart. Or, Ideal heart yeah, rate. Yeah. Yes. Exactly that. Okay. And so the video that I saw, they moved a mannequin into it and they strapped it in and it seriously would constrict and push in the chest and bring it back out. Damn. And it left all of the EMTs to do whatever else was necessary. So Man. either that means uh, di- not distributing not contributing giving breaths whatever giving is <laughs> uh, in other words it's inducing the patient to breathe uh in so, well it's artificially it's breathing for the person is that what you're trying to no so okay. you physically as a person have to administer oxygen uh-huh. So you could do the oxygen mask, which oh, okay. isn't okay. Okay, which you could works. Provide oxygen, mm-hmm. in additional oxygen to the sufferer. Yeah, in some way. Yeah. Um, what usually people do is that they have something called a BVM, which is a bag valve mask. Oh, uh, and you put that on that person's face, mm-hmm. and yeah. then you squeeze the bag, and oh, I've seen that in yeah, movies. Yeah, sure. So that that's very common. People attach oxygen to those too, mm-hmm. um, and so that's what the EMTs will be doing while this machine is doing perfect CPR. This pad on its own, and it must be a sizable pad. Oh, buddy, can wrap the victim in its embrace mm-hmm. and then begin to squeeze what's the power there what serves as the musculature of the pad that gives it the power is it like uh, Magic. hydraulics or pneumatics air as opposed to some sort of fluid inside this thing I honestly could not tell you well is it generally distributed this thing no i've never seen it other than in that video okay and so not that i really come across a whole lot of emergency scenes true but i've never seen it outside of this 
20 second clip oh. that people would send me. Wow. So, okay. so maybe someday this will be around. Oh yeah. No, it'll be around and it'll be improved tenfold Yeah. to a point where it might actually be able to resuscitate people. Mm. So, uh, if you haven't already, uh, go ahead, get your, uh, CPR certification. Uh, if you don't have it, just know you're still able to use an AED, um, so long as there is someone who is certified also there, uh, helping the victim just because laws and oh, legal I suppose there's and... always the possibility of a lawsuit, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, that Which darkens is... the picture considerably. That's where the um, Good Samaritan law comes in. Okay, right. So, Good Samaritan law, for those who don't know, um, if you act within your certifications uh, successfully... You are not legal or liable for any injuries sustained to the victim. Okay, but what happens if you're just a, a checker at a, a drugstore and someone collapses in front of you and you know that this AED device is right under the counter and this person will potentially live or die depending on what you do next, um, you could be sued if you use it. Right, uh, if you didn't have the cert- certification, which is in this case um, probable, yeah. I think you know. Uh, I've been. That's a really good question. I'm actually stumped on that one. Um, I'm unfamiliar, and I would have to actually look that up or yeah. find an answer yeah. because I I don't have one. Um, I would assume that because the AED is technically a certification that I give out in these classes. Okay. Uh, that it's uh, on that its you, face reckless because you don't have the certification. At least yeah. that's arguable. You might survive in a jury trial because they would say that, well. Even though the law says a good Samaritan is one thing, mm-hmm. we can see that this person was behaving generously and open-heartedly to try to save a life, so he doesn't deserve, she doesn't deserve to be punished, right? You know, you think that. Well, Yet yeah. here we are. Yep, yeah, well, we don't know. So It could be the other way around. <laughs> good things should happen to good people. End That's of, end of good it. Concluding (laughs) insight. If you took nothing away from this podcast today, you can hang your hat on that one. Good things should happen to good people. Yeah. And everybody just needs that little bit of positivity. Yeah. But uh, this has been a wondrous 40 exod some minutes. Um, But... Unfortunately, this is where we have to uh, cut ourselves off before we start talking for another three episode long. Yeah, that's the <laughs> rules of podcasting. Yeah. We didn't make them. It's a travesty. I know. But you gotta follow it. So uh, this has been Inherently Human, episode 35. Uh, my name's Aiden DeBoard. My name's Jim Newman. And thank you all so much for listening in. Get that CPR certification. Save a life. 
and be good, y'all. Yeah, I mean that's an <laughs> admirable. Gl- uh, <laughs> can we edit this? <laughs> It'll be an admirable goal. I say. <laughs> We're not gonna edit that. <laughs>